Win something one time and it could be a fluke. Do it twice and people know you're for real. Win it three times and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kalks the Skinny on Sports Report the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kauk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating. Balls fall. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Man, we got all kinds of stuff. Last night was the greatest play in NBA history. Did it happen last night? Hmm. I hadn't seen it. Have you not seen? I'm sorry, I have, have you not. not seen the play that has sparked a protest from the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, no, oh I saw the the protest. Have you seen that, the play? That, that's coming, but I didn't see. I just thought, oh, here we go again. Mark Cuban's crying about something. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it's awesome. It's something that you would only see in like a second grade basketball game, except for it happened in the NBA. I have to look it up. I'll tell right. you about it. Uh, Thunder Clips tonight. You realize Oklahoma City can move into a tie in the loss column with the Clippers and the Warriors if they win tonight? Um, Which would be like I a do. tie for fifth. <laughs> what do you think? You think back in, I don't know, October the 15th, let's say, if I'd have rolled in here on a random Thursday and said, hey, Jared, you know what I think is going to happen? I think we're going to get to the end of March. I think Oklahoma City, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you that second game of that back-to-back out in L.A. They play on Tuesday, then they'll play on Thursday. You know what I think is going to happen? I think the Thunder are going to have a chance to be tied in the loss column with the Clippers and the Warriors if they win that game. I would probably bet you more than just a burrito <laughs> if maybe you had send, told me that. Maybe send me to a padded room somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There that's would have been a bigger bigger stakes on that one because I think that would have been an automatic win for me. So that's uh, that's what's on, at stake tonight. Thunder finally beat their, their greatest opponent the other night, which was the 500 mark. Ha ha. Now let's get above it. Is this, Here's the question. Is it time to start thinking about, God, what would be the best matchup for the Thunder in the playoffs? <laughs> all right, I don't, I mean, maybe so. If they win tonight, I think it absolutely is. But anyway, we'll talk about some NBA stuff at the end. Uh, NCAA tournament back in action this evening. Uh, the East and the West regionals on tap tonight in the Sweet 16. Uh, what's your favorite game this evening? Uh, we'll rank the teams 1 through 16 that are left going into tonight. Uh, we had that on tap yesterday, just didn't get to it. Do you realize... The lack of coaching success that's left in this tournament, I didn't until I started kind of looking at it. 
And then we mentioned ratings yesterday and how great they were for the first weekend. Will that continue? OSSAA had a board meeting yesterday. There's a bunch of cool little nuggets out of that that we can discuss right here off the top of the show as well. And we'll take a look at that Western Oklahoma Realty Bracket Challenge contest going into tonight's games. Who's winning? Who's got the best chance? Who's got the highest, you know? I need two teams. I only got really two teams that matter anymore. I need them both to win tonight. I guess one tonight, one tomorrow night, actually. But anyhow, we'll take a look at that as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com. Download the app. The app has got it all. It has got radio. It's got the penny news. That Penny News hit the website uh, yesterday at midnight. Free copies of the Penny News everywhere right now. So go pick up your free copy of this week's Penny News at your favorite local place that houses those. Uh, Big Elk and Paragon TV on uh, also within the app, and those things are going. And then Skinny on Sports Podcast. I did get an alert from yesterday for the uh, from iTunes. So iTunes is rolling. KADSAM.com has the um, podcast located there each and every day. That's all reliable. K-A-D-S-A-M is all reliable. iTunes is kind of like a, you know, it's We're getting there. it's like website <laughs> versus app. Yeah. Old reliable and, you know, the new kid that, boy, he's good when he shows up to work. But yeah. <laughs> damn, you just don't know if he's going to or right, not. Right, right. We're getting on? there. We're getting there with the app or with the podcast. What's going on? How are you today? I'm good. I'm. How are you? How are you doing? I am wonderful. Finally started hearing the ping of the bats last night. Did so you? It's that time of year again. Uh, I should have one arriving today. You know, I was alerted uh, over the weekend that uh, you needed a new need one. Step it up. <laughs> <laughs> I found out last night my youngest needs a bigger glove. Oh, no. Yeah. She's. She's uh, struggling making the catch of that softball. I was like, you know what? It's not probably not her fault. That glove's not as big as I thought thought it was. So, anyway. Fun night. Three hours on the softball field. So, I didn't see a lot of uh, the Mavs game or, or whatever that took place last night. Oh, You're going to have to explain that uh, I can't wait to, to explain me. that toward the end. And I had no idea that the OSSA met yesterday. Yeah, they had a board so, meeting. Sound like that board meeting may have taken three hours as well. Uh, just the executive session <laughs> took two and a half, it says. Wow. Because I guess they had um, executive session part already scheduled to discuss yeah. um, board or, or staff salaries. They don't do that publicly, I guess. No, or at least the discussion of it. Right. I'm sure you could probably you find those. You can discuss those. it, but you, you have to vote. Everything has to be voted in public. Right. I believe that's how it is. Discussion can happen. Vote you, you has to can, be. You can discuss an executive session. There's laws against. Anyways, um, yeah. Okay, Mr. So, News. Sorry, I mean, I've been to, to enough of those meetings. <laughs> and when I see executive session on an agenda, I cringe. Because those could either be like that, or they could be like what you just said. Two and a half hours. And you're like, you're just sitting there waiting on them. Like, come on. Sometimes, this is my theory, and for those who have been in uh, 
on a board or commission or anything that's been on it that has had executive sessions sometimes i think they do those long executive sessions on purpose hoping that people outside of the executive session would just leave <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like all right guys let's just uh you kind of sit around and, and kind of let's uh, order a pizza and let's just wait on that for so a bit. We it, won't start until the pizza gets here. And- if there's like shades, do you see them like peeking out, <laughs> hoping that there's nobody in the lobby? <laughs> I wonder about that. <laughs> I wonder about that. All right. So yesterday, uh, the reason, a, a, a big reason of the executive session happening, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so on the on the docket on the agenda was this public versus private playoff split that's been discussed with the membership, been discussed at the board level a little bit. Um, and we've actually, we, we talked about it on not, maybe not the February meeting, maybe have been back during the football season, but anyhow, so there's something called rule 14 with the OSSA was deciding. And, and right now what that does is, it essentially kind of bumps the private schools to larger classifications as success rolls on. And so in, in the, the, the newest discussions with this topic was tweaking that to be even more almost punitive to success for the private schools or just forming split brackets for the playoffs meaning public schools go one in one bracket private go in the other right so right here ahead of this meeting of the ossa board the attorney general of oklahoma gettner drummond sent the ossa a cease and desist letter but only for the second option only for the splitting the other option um Tweaking the you know tweaking that existing rule that bumps private schools up mm-hmm. is still up for grabs at this moment. But as far as splitting them out into public versus private, that portion of it has been shut down at least uh, temporarily with the cease and desist letter. He uses uh, the Fourteenth Amendment to the to the Constitution, which uh, is the Equal Protections Clause, which uh, prevents discrimination based on race national origin, gender, or fundamental rights. And you think to yourself, what is that? Where's that being violated? Well, it's not. And so he used the rational basis test that government action can uh, must be rationally related to a legitimate government purpose or end. Splitting private schools out of the public schools championship bracket for public school success, he doesn't feel falls underneath that. And then he also cites the case from back in 2007, which went to the, uh, the Supreme Court, or, or Court of Appeals, I guess, it didn't quite make it to the, the Supreme Court level, in which Christian Heritage, a private school in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. actually sued the OSSAA because they had been denied membership twice. And obviously, they won that case because Christian Heritage is now an OSSAA member and in the playoffs in multiple sports. So, when you look at what was, what it appears was going on or, or possibly going to happen, heading into that cease and desist, uh, David Jackson reported back in February at the February meeting that they had indeed sent out surveys to their member schools about this topic. 
75% of the membership responded, which I wonder what's, I wonder what the breakdown is of membership between pleb, but obviously you think private would respond to and say no, but anyhow, three quarters of the membership responded to it. And of that three quarters, 85% voted in favor of separate playoff brackets. 85%. 85% of 75%. called an overwhelmingly majority. Now, it's uh, my son has to do these kind of figuring out fractions right now in school. <laughs> and I quickly, right there, yeah. remember, I quickly remember that I have forgotten, Me if too. that makes sense, <laughs> Me too. on how to do all this. <laughs> But so so if you've got 85% of 75%, that tells you just on a ballpark figure somewhere in the 60 to 65% range of member schools are in favor of split playoff brackets. Right. What do you think's going to happen here? Because obviously it, uh, after the executive say, session, the discussion on this rule 14 has been tabled. Mm-hmm. and to uh, collect more information, David Jackson says. I can only speculate what's going to happen. It's it's hard to go up against anything with precedent on, in the judicial system. It's I mean, you almost have to go all the way to Washington, D.C. to get that overturned. And is it worth it? And is it worth it? You're right. There's a lot of power on one side versus the other. And I think you know what I'm talking about. So There's in, a lot of pull. There's a lot of power. Now, I think it's interesting because within the within the OSSAA, I don't think there is much power for one, for that side, being the private side. Really? Heck no. Obviously not. It's obvious that the public schools want this to happen. Want this to yeah, happen. I, yeah. And I would almost say that it if if that information was out there, which it was because it was February's meeting where that where that information was divulged of the of the eighty five percent of the seventy five percent of the member schools, at that point, I think if you're on the private side and you don't want that to happen, this is why we're here. Because they realize, uh oh, we're not gonna be able to do anything about this at the OSSA in, in our as a member of the OSSAA, this doesn't look good for us. We're fixing to be split out, into, and then that's where this cease and desist from the Attorney General of the State of Oklahoma comes in. But that's where I think you're right. That's where maybe the power lies, that's private school-wise. I think that's where I was not, going. Not within the OSSA, but outside of it to keep this from happening. Yeah, yeah. It's a tricky situation. It's not going to happen overnight. Very curious how it happened, how what's going to happen. And, you know, I think we both – I mean – so, I mean, I don't know if I've ever asked you. I mean, how do you feel about private versus public? Is there a competitive a competitive advantage when it comes to private versus public? If you look at the the 2A through 6A state championship games in basketball, am Here, I am I mistaken or weren't they all public schools that won gold balls? So, I mean, at least that's and what's ironic is that the private schools goes schools can go see if we're so dominant, we didn't. Why didn't we win one of those balls? Well, and what happened football wise? Uh, it was what big. I'm going top of my head. Bixby. Well, I mean, two A and three A is really oh, what we're a, talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What was that? That was what was that game? That all the points were scored. It was Heritage, Heritage and Metro Christian. So they were both two privates. Yeah, 
But then in the 2A game, Millwood and Washington, is that who it was? Which is a little bit of a change. Anyhow, here here's what I would say. Open transfer has changed the dynamic of this a little bit. Yeah. Because now that can happen in public schools too. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think that has changed the 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 competitive balance of this just a little bit. Whereas where the there, the, sure, there's an advantage for private schools to be able to uh, manipulate is not the word I want to use, but it's word I'm going to use because it, it sounds more sinister than maybe what's really happening. But the but the enrollment numbers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're able to kind of get yourself where you want to be depending on how many you want to take. And so at the end of the day, I think if if you're looking at it from a public school perspective, I don't think this – it doesn't bother me that, that, that the private schools are playing just as long as they figure out a way to make the, the competitiveness equal. And, and here's what why I don't think the cease and desist letter necessarily matters – because from a public school, if it, if it does look like, and it does look like, you know, public schools rule the day as far as the OSSAA goes, because they make up a vast majority of the member schools. Well, just tweaking the first part of that rule and bumping, making public or private schools bump up another class. Well, see, now, now you've got yourself in that situation as a private where you're trying to keep your numbers low. But now if you get into a, a high enough class, does that work at a disadvantage to you? Because now you're working with X amount of students versus the public schools having Y, and, and which is way more, right? Mm-hmm. And that, sure, you're being able to pick and choose, but it, do you get to a point where you're picking and choosing from such a smaller pool that it actually works as a disadvantage to keep those numbers at a certain level? And I think that's – honestly, I think that that is going to be probably the best – that they can do. Yeah, see, I got a text. Golf, cross-country, tennis, there's no doubt about that. Volleyball. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, we're thinking of it from a, a football, football, basketball, football, basketball, maybe baseball, maybe even baseball softball. perspective. Yeah, to get, you know, the ones we really pay attention to, but that, that's Oh, there's point. no doubt. I mean, golf, yes. Um, and, and that's yeah. the one, you know, when we've had Mark on talking about this this topic during football season, he kind of asks our opinion, and we really, we really don't have one because we don't. We don't we have don't, anybody there. Yeah, we we really don't. No, it's either too small mm-hmm. uh, with, with the Class A schools, Merritt and Sayre and Cordell, and everybody else around here. Um, you know, even down into the to the to the eight man, it's not as much of a problem. And then Elk City, Clinton, Weatherford, Woodward, Altus, whoever is so much bigger than where the problem seems to be in that two A three A area. In the in those sports, but there's no doubt if you look at, I mean, just golf. Gosh, I wonder when the last time a public school won in four A golf, four A boys golf. It's a ways back. Yeah, you know, Elk City. Elk City had a wonderful chance two years ago. It didn't quite get it done. Mm-hmm. Last year, the top three were all the halls. It's it's funny because that's what it, you know. Oh, it's the halls: Cashel, Holland, and and Heritage. And, and there's no doubt about that. The, the the smaller the spring sports, 
are dominated in a lot of ways by those by, by those uh, private schools. Soccer used to be too. Yeah, Clinton's done a great um, job there. But there's been more public come in into those games. Like I just witnessed it last spring, watching all those championship games. The only without looking it up, and I'm sure there was somewhere in 2A or 3A, where McGinnis was in 5A against Piedmont, and McGinnis won on a late late goal. But, yeah, Clinton has kind of stepped up and represented the public in soccer, both boys and girls. Uh, Chickasha looks pretty good. I mean, my point is that, that competitive advantage. But I, I'll never forget when – I forget what year it was. It was – maybe 10 plus years ago where Clinton won volleyball, a title in volleyball. And they were streaming the, the final and I'm watching it. And when I forget who they played, but it was a private school, maybe like a victory Christian or something like that. And every time victory Christian or that private school would get a point, you'd hear these. Yeah. And then when Clinton would do something, Everybody the gym nuts. erupted, and I realized everybody there outside of the private school, like they're there rooting for the public school. So that see, that's my my question would be then, as a public school, would it not mean more for the private schools to be in the contest yet beat them, yeah. versus win without them? But then that then goes back to the question: Well, can you? For a boys golf, for instance, I just looked it up. And in the the four A down is kind of the spot here. Bishop Kelly and five A is one some too, but they haven't just been dominant. The last time a, a team in class four A boys golf has won from the public school was Ada in twenty thirteen. That's quite a while. Three A it was Plainview in twenty fifteen, and they must they had. A run because guess what they won three in a row at least going I, I was going back to find and then in 2a you got Moreland in 16 Laverne in 17 so that it hasn't been quite well you know 2018 region but then Turner so you know it hasn't been what I'm saying is 4a and 3a in boys golf is kind of the 2a and 3a in football where that where that concentrates well you see the halls the heritage halls the Casha halls Oklahoma Christian schools so you know that's uh it's an interesting debate and one that I think will will continue on a yeah. couple of other notes from that meeting 1994 Oak City High School graduate Trinity Johnson uh, he's been at Piedmont uh, in administration he will be one of the assistant directors of the OSSAA, taking over for Mike Whaley when Mike decide he's going to retire. I think July 31st is that date. So Trinity Johnson will be an, an executive director for the OSSAA, a former uh, Big Elk. Graduated in 1994. And then also, the board itself has elected a new president. Being Aroni was the uh, president last year. Mm-hmm. Now the president will reside from Jinx. Hmm. And with the way that vote was <clears throat> on the shot clock in high school basketball, will that come back up and will the result be different because of who has the tiebreak, i.e. bigger schools? Hmm. Good question. 
something to keep an eye on. Don't know. So it sounded like, like that yesterday's meeting, there's a lot of discussion, but outside of the things you mentioned, nothing major. And that was a big question, too. Was shot clock going to be talked about? Was, I'm did, sorry? Shot clock, was it Was it no. that discussion brought up again? No, no. Nothing. I was just thinking, just thinking ahead to what could be coming over right. for the next year. Without seeing an agenda, I didn't know if that was on there or not. But it could be, based on these leadership changes. We could revisit that. See, this is interesting from Jeremy, because I think I can make the same argument, except publicly, for a public school. As he said, if the good travel teams in, in each sport ever get together, all decide or get convinced with the high school NIL to all come to the same private school, then there will be a major problem. Why can't that happen at a public school now, though? With the open transfer. With the open transfer. Yeah, I can see that. And that's what I'm saying. I think the, the, the biggest competitive advantage that the private schools have had was they could pick and choose who they wanted to come. I feel like mm -hmm. public schools actually have that opportunity now as well with that open transfer. Or at least it's easier to get that done than it ever was before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely it is. <laughs> Just, executive sessions work. I never tell anyone what I sell my cows for. <laughs> I love it. That's good. So good, some good notes from the OSSAA board meeting. Uh, it's something we can definitely keep our eye on for next month and see how kind of where this all goes. Uh, but I do think after kind of years of just talking about it, me and you or whoever, I do feel like this has become a big enough topic where something's going to happen. There's yes. going to be some sort of change made to this, the, the private and, and the public and, and how this is all going to work in the playoffs. Yes. Should be interesting. And I don't know if I'm more interested in that or the shot clock yeah. topic. What happens first, the split or a shot clock? Shot clock. We'll be back. Win something one time and it could be a fluke. Do it twice and people know you're for real. Win it three times and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kalks the Skinny on Sports Report, the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kalk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating. The Skinny on Sports. What in the world? It's Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. It's uh, you know what I think I'm I'm so uh, my mind is so in the the ba World Baseball Classic spirit. I just assumed that was another Japanese call of oh. Otani-san. <laughs> Maybe I should grab that and put that in one. <laughs> that is what I figured it was. Uh, welcome back, Skinny on Sports, right here on ninety-eight point one FM, the Sports Animal. Good text on this topic because I think it's a it's one that everybody. It, it's a little bit like the shot clock or, or like. Um, Oh, the Weatherford Anadarko discussion in the style of, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. got a, a, a definite opinion about, you know, the public versus the private and, and how that all works and how it should work and, and what's fair. I mean, I, I think a whole bunch of people, especially the further west in the state you go, I would, I would, because of the lack of private schools out here, 
Yeah. I think a whole bunch of people, if you ever brought up the, the question of, well, you know, it, it needs to be fair for both sides, you just get an eye roll. Like, what do you mean, fair for the private? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't right, think right. that's even been a, a a thought for a lot of people, and, and probably not even me either. But it's out there. there and like we said, I think there's no doubt something's going to change. I'm just not exactly sure what. And, and you brought up a great point in the when we were in the break there. There's two sides of the coin because now that it's together, you know, every now and then you see a team that's really, really good from the public school. You know it's going to be good, and then it gets beat in the finals by a private school. And, you know, a little bit of an uproar or the, ah, we were the best public school anyway. But if it's split and that same thing's happening, you know, is there always that asterisk in your mind of, well, were we really the best? Because we didn't play whoever that was. Yeah. Like, what you know, your favorite – put in pro teams terms let's say the thunder go on a run here and they get all the way to the finals versus give me a team from the east boston boston and uh the best player on boston's team gets hurt with tatum mm-hmm. and oklahoma city wins do you really want to win like that yeah for that term it'd be better i should have said milwaukee and then Giannis isn't playing exactly do you really want to beat milwaukee with their with the one of the world's best players out. Yes. Yeah, I'll take it, but... <laughs> but there's then, always going to be that then asterisk. But as, as you go down life's path and people are, oh, yeah, remember when the Thunder won that? Yeah, because Giannis got hurt. That was the year Giannis got hurt. You don't want to go, well, we won a state title. Yeah, that was the first year they split. You know, I, I think about this in terms of, like, when I was in high school a lot. And it would be like our boys' basketball team winning the state title. And not having to beat McGinnis. Does it really count? I mean, it would count. There would be a gold ball in the, in the trophy case. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think it would be viewed nearly the same way as it would have been to be able to step on that floor of the big house and knock off Terrence Crawford and Junior Amos and, and, and the rest of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Sam's talking about 6A1 and 2. I, I agree with that 100% too. You know, yeah, and, and but in Texas, I, I think it's it's a newer thing because you know in Texas you got Division One, Division Two, and basically every classification, and that goes by size of school that make the playoffs in football or you know whatever they break them out. I, I don't think anybody cares there, but it's been happening for so long that it's just kind of the way it is, right? You know, nobody nobody wins three A like Canadian. Or Gunter or whoever they don't win, say three A Division two and go ah well we didn't win Division one nope we won move on and so maybe eventually that's the way it would get there as well yep so anyway it's it's good stuff I, I can't wait to see kind of what the resolution is of this uh, tonight NCAA tournament back in action with the Sweet sixteen two games from the East bracket two games from the West bracket in order I had that pulled up what did I do with it do you know the times Oh, oh yeah, it yeah, It's yeah. on the bracket. I got it right here. Uh, first game of the night will be inside Madison Square, uh, Square Garden, Kansas State, and Michigan State. That's in the east bracket. The first west game is the one that uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to with Arkansas and UConn. 
Then you go to FAU and Tennessee back out east, and then the West game, the last one of the night, Gonzaga and UCLA. Which one of those are you most looking forward to this evening? I Man, there's some good ones. Everything you mentioned, there's some good ones. And when we talk about ranking the 16 teams left, it kind of helped me decide uh, which one. I'm interested in like, like three of them out of how many? Four? Four. Yeah. yeah. I would have to lean because of uh, your love for UConn and their athleticism and how I was really high on myself for picking Arkansas to beat Kansas. And something that was pointed out to me, and I was listening to Jim uh, earlier this week saying he had an Arkansas fan on, and that Arkansas fan actually pointed out to me that, yeah, they kind of had an up-and-down season, but a lot of that was due to injury. But they are getting really healthy at the right time right now. So I could see that being an up-and-down, crazy athletic game between Arkansas and UConn. So give me that one. I hope it's allowed. Allowed by five people. Those five people are the three referees. And the coaches. And the two coaches. Yeah. That's exactly right. Let them go. Yeah. Because if they let them go, that game is going to be maybe the game of the tournament, athletically. Because it can be awesome. I'm a little skeptical whether or not they'll just let them go. Hey, Musselman, take your shirt off before the game and just go. Yeah. By the yeah. way, if Arkansas continues to win, are we going to have to get the old black box prepared? Is he just going to – are more articles of clothing coming off as they keep is, – is this like Major League where he's pulling <laughs> yeah, off like all the, the little de- – yeah. I mean, is he going <laughs> to have to make sure that he's got some undergarments on on Saturday if they win tonight That's just good. so that we don't see stuff we don't need to see? <laughs> Hopefully UConn beats them tonight. We don't have to worry about that, at least for my bracket and the Western Oklahoma Realty Bracket Challenge. I'm looking forward to that one. I think most people, though, would say Gonzaga-UCLA. Yeah, I that was – I kind of ranked what games I'm looking forward to, and that was my number two game. Mm-hmm. And then based – again, The on East these, is just kind of bleh. Yeah, um, based on my rankings – what's right. fun about this is that the, or they're all evenly matched, I think. Uh, for, uh, outside of some, but tonight we got a lot of evenly matched games, and Michigan State and Kansas State, I think, can be evenly matched. Okay, so uh, we're mentioning the rankings. Yeah, yeah, our rankings. Yes. So, how did you rank? Uh, let's let's go from one to or sixteen to one, okay, and and go in like four increments, like okay. sixteen to thirteen. Sure. How did you have these ranked? I had uh, Florida Atlantic sixteen. Uh, I didn't want to put Princeton at fifteen, but because of the other teams that are there. I had to put them there. But I'm with uh, Jim on this one, too. I like their style of play. Uh, Miami and then Creighton. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a big Miami fan. Just not. I thought you were going to – did you cheat off my paper? Did you exact same four? Except for 13. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Princeton, Miami, 16 through 14. I actually have Michigan State 13. Okay. I am a little higher than that. I'm not. Okay. Uh, there's no way they should have won well, the I game. Well, I got the, uh, the Izzo factor going well, on Well, I'll there. get there in a Talk second. Talk about coaches I'll get there success. in a second, too. Okay. Uh, all right, my 12 through 9, I've got Creighton 12, San Diego State 11, Arkansas 10, and Kansas State 9. Wow. We are no, no, what did you say? What was your first one? The 12? Cre- Creighton 12, San okay. Diego State 11, Arkansas 10, and Kansas State 9. All right, I went San Diego State, Xavier, Kansas State, then Missouri, uh, Missouri, Michigan State. Wow, you got Michigan State clear up toward the top half of this thing. Again, the Izzo factor for me. Okay, uh, eight through five. I've got Xavier, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and UCLA. Tennessee, UCLA, Arkansas, Gonzaga. 
this is where I'm getting into my area of final four. So I got I got to keep keep some of those higher. Uh, top four: Texas, UConn, Houston, Bama. I just have UConn and Texas flipped. UConn four, Texas three, Houston two, Bama one. Now, before we get to the coaches <clears throat> of those sixteen teams left, for whatever whatever factors you want to use, which one do you think is the biggest favorite to make it to the final four? Uh, Bama. Bama. I would agree because of their bracket, mainly. That's mainly what I'm leaning on. Houston still would still have to go through Texas and Gonzaga, right? No, no Texas no, no, no. and Miami. Texas and Miami, but Gonzaga is on the other side. They yeah. have to see them in the Final Four. Yeah, Bama, they're good, and they got a pretty easy road. Yeah, Tonight's game, or, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night's game against San Diego State's the highest seed they're going to face at a five. Because that other game is six and fifteen, I would put Tennessee next because of what they've got. Florida Atlantic, we both had them as the worst team still in, mainly for me because I don't know much about them and I didn't want to put put, put, put Princeton. Well, last. Florida Atlantic's there because they got FDU or who was yeah, it? But they also yeah, but they also beat Memphis, which was a lot of people's. That's true. You know, sneaky pick to be in this situation to That's beat Purdue true. in the first place. But at the time, they're thinking, all right, this is a great win to end the year on. Now we got Purdue, and then Purdue loses. Right. Anyways, yeah. And then Kansas State, Michigan State. Listen, no offense to Michigan State, and we'll get to this coaches thing right now, but Michigan State isn't that good. And they, how in the world Marquette lost that game? I'm still just watching, and I'm going, what just happened? Izzo! It wasn't Izzo. <laughs> Something about him, man. It wasn't Izzo. It's something about having a good I mean, coach in this it, tournament. It's amazing how, how, to me, because of Izzo's past, how much credit he gets for what for things he didn't even do. They hadn't been the, they hadn't been the Sweet Sixteen in like five years. Yeah. Anyhow, but here's the deal. Do you know how many coaches have won a national title that are still in the still in the tournament? No. Him. That's it. It is Izzo. And Izzo only. How many do you think have even made a final four? Of coaches? Yeah. Coaches left in the bracket. In in the tournament. How many have made a final four? Don't look. I'm not. I'm looking just at the, I'm looking at my sixteen here. Yeah, just guess. Two. More than that. That's made to the oh, three. Four. Five. Five. Four, five, six. Five counting. Five up. counting is there a niner in there? Five counting is I had him on another list because he's the only one that won. Okay, so Izzo, mm-hmm. uh Kelvin. Mm-hmm. Uh few. Mm-hmm. The, uh uh Tennessee coach. Rick Barnes. He got him there with te- Texas, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And one more. Uh, I don't know. UCLA coach? No? Wait a minute. Muscle never got him there. Oh, crap. What? Why did I write his name down? Who? Oh, because he used to coach at Tennessee. Good God. Bruce Pearl. 
He used to coach Tennessee. I wrote him down first and went, oh, no, no, it's Rick Barnes. No, Rick yeah, Barnes. he's Auburn. Yeah, Rick Barnes. Got so it's just there. four. It's just four. So Kelvin, Barnes. Few and Izzo. Few and Izzo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mick Cronin. He never made it, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. He was a coach at UCLA a couple years ago when they got beat by Gonzaga. Did they had it? Wasn't it him? Crazy Cinderella run. I think it was him. I do. I do, too. And a lot of people had them preseason number one the next year. They were yeah, kind I was of, thinking they were, was, they were like ahead of schedule when they got there. Yeah, I was thinking he wasn't there yet, but he was. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he 2021. Was. Yeah. Okay. Who was right before him? Who was the coach before him? Uh-huh. Was it Alford? It wasn't Alford. I don't remember. Anyway, there is still five. Point being, at this stage of the tournament, that's not very many, and especially only one of them that's won the whole thing. For a being, sweet 16. Being, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is very, very limited experience right. and, and, and successful experience. Yeah, Alford was right before McCrona. You don't count the interim coach. I was thinking that was a COVID, but it was right before COVID, pre-COVID, when that happened. Um, do you th- how do you think the ratings will be? Down. How come? I have a theory of when you throw a bunch of games on at one time, a lot of people are going to tend to watch. And uh, now that... You know, okay, so how are these ratings compiled entirely? I know for one, me, I was going to one game, go, well, this one's turned into a blowout. I go to another game. I always had a game on. Now it's one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Am I right? There might be some overlap there. I'm not sure. Eh, a little bit. There's going to be 30 or 45 minutes. But not happening at the exact, like, tipping at the same time. A lot of time it'll tip about half time of the other one. Right. So I can so based on that, if one game I can see it, in the, you know, then local interest is gone. Oh, my team lost last weekend. I'm turning it off. Wild theory, but I just think it dips a little bit. I think it dips a little bit for six reasons. Because of like, there's no Kentucky, there's no Kansas, Kansas, Duke, UCU, uh, North Carolina, Kentucky, Indiana, Arizona. Yeah, the blue bloods not being there. It would be my third, but yeah, I mean, I get it. That's, I guess we'll find out yeah. though. And here's the thing: it's kind of hard, even even we're, we're obviously post COVID, but I also think there's part of still that that lingering remembrance of remember, like, gosh, not that long ago we couldn't watch this. We missed this tournament not that long ago. Yeah, that's true. So. I don't want to take for granted that it's all, you know, maybe that's part of why some of these numbers have been pretty high. But I would be surprised if it doesn't dip just a little bit because of of the lack. And and even though UCLA is absolutely a blue blood school, it's also a West Coast school. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, if you were just going to have one of, say, the top six or seven or eight, you'd want Duke. Or you'd want Kentucky. Right. Yeah. And I think... In a lot of ways, UCLA would be the last one you'd choose to be the last one standing because of the West Coast factor. Right. 
All right, we will be back to wrap it up in the NBA. Win something one time, and it could be a fluke. Do it twice, and people know you're for real. Win it three times, and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kauks the Skinny on Sports Report, the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kauk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating. But is having this minor skill worth being so unattractive? That's for the fan to decide. Yay! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping it up here on a Thursday. Let's take a look at the Skinny on Sports Western Oklahoma Realty Bracket Challenge standings. Our man Scotty Kelly and Joel Hopper. I figured out who that is. Okay. It's Aiden's dad, Aiden Hopper, Big Red, forty-eight to yes, tight end. Yes. It's his dad. Awesome. So he was like, "Man, I'm right up at the top, but I picked Purdue to win it all, so I'll be falling down fast." Yeah, you got to kind of wait for that. Yeah. Not only is Scotty ahead. Oh nope. Oh my gosh, have you seen? Did you realize this? What's that? Tied for thirty-fourth. It's Arg. That's what it says. Who's that? I don't know. But they have the most possible points left. Arg. Arg. Some kind of pirate. Do we know a pirate? It was like, is it Mike Leach's ghost? Is it? Uh, is it the, the too in, soon? No, no. Is it the uh, the the guy from SpongeBob, the crab? I do know this. They have the most points possible. But guess who their champion is? How about that? This is pretty amazing. Who's that? Princeton. Wow. Now, that's interesting. So, they'll be big Princeton fans. Princeton. Champion. But they still have the uh, the highest possible points. Here's the deal. Scott's going to win if Xavier wins it all. Because that would mean knocking out Houston, which a whole bunch of people, and or, and or Texas... Well, Texas first, Houston second. And Alabama, my man Heath Martin, would have a chance. You know, the, the Josh Landreth? Oh, he picked Alabama. I can't believe he didn't pick the Hogs. Former Arkansas track star. You look at the depth of people we get on this show playing in this tournament. It's pretty cool. I talked to the guy that picked Kansas State yesterday. Our man Pat, Pat Sanger. Yeah. I said, what? How did you come up with that? And he said, man, we were out in Indian Wells watching that golf, uh, the tennis tournament, me and the boys. And I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to fill that out. And I just went real fast and picked Kansas State. <laughs> I was like, well, it's looking pretty good right now. <clears throat> anyway, lots of Houston picked. Lots of Houston. Yeah, I saw that, myself included. Lots of Houston. I mean, it's by far the most popular champ. Even with the even before teams got knocked out, Houston was half the half of our group. <clears throat> almost has Houston as a champ. Yeah, Kansas was next. Probably Texas after that. Just looking, getting a feel for where everybody is. Anyway, it's good stuff. Thank you to Tyler, Robbie, all the gang down at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. It's the group's motto. 
they will do you right on the real estate side of things tonight. Oh, 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 not tonight. So last night, the Mavs and the Warriors. Yeah, explain this to me. So Mark Cuban's mad again. What happened? Okay, so here's what happened. There's a play underneath the basket, and it's underneath the, the basket Golden State is looking to score at, right? Ball's knocked loose. The official points the Mavericks way. Okay. Mavs ball, the the PA announcer in the in the stadium, Mavs ball, and it goes to timeout. Like okay. right th- on that play. Well, in the timeout, the official changes the call, but apparently doesn't tell anybody. Uh-oh. So you've got the Mavs. Did they review it? I don't know what happened. And I think this is this is the point of the, the the protest of the game. So when they come out of the uh, timeout, they just hand the ball to the Warriors. To the Warriors, who are all on one side of the court, and the Mavs are all on the other side of the court, and they just throw it in, lay it in. Oh no! <laughs> it oh like, <laughs> no! Yeah, I mean, when when you see the story and it says a free two points, no kidding. A free two points. Oh, wow. So Cuban says that the officials made the call for the Mavs, had the ball, you know, and, and the PA says it going into that timeout. No, they, they don't tell the Mavericks of the change. So then the Warriors are out there by themselves. They just throw it in, lay it in, and just kind of stand there and then run back down the court to where all the Mavs are. And this was <laughs> in, in the third quarter. In Dallas? In Dallas. Oh, boy. In the third quarter. Oh boy! And it ended up being a five. It ended up being a two point game. Now the Mavs threw one in at the end from three, where the Warriors weren't really guarding to cut a five point lead to a two point game. Yeah. But do you know what happens on these protests if it works? Whatever. Do you know how 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 it's resolved? No. So they go if if he wins this protest, they have to they go back. To that point in the game. Right. That time, that score, and then play. So they have to bring him back and play this? That's how that gets resolved. Yes. Interesting. If they win the appeal, they'll go back to that point in the third quarter, the Mavs will have the ball with whatever score, and then they'll play play it on out. Is there an appeal possibility from Golden State? Say like appeal win. the appeal? Ex- appeal the appeal. Could, Go- could Golden State say, well, well, wait a minute. This is our, this is what they told us, or this is what we heard, or I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, how did we know, how did yeah. we know it was our ball and you didn't? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Wow. Well, I guess, yeah, Okay. I'll side with Cuban on this one. There's that's worth appealing. That's worth being upset about. I get that. Yeah, when I first saw that they were going to appeal, I was like, "Really? What?" And then when you actually see what happened, or if he's if his explanation, I mean, and listen, that is coming from his Twitter account. The explanation he actually put it out there last night why they're appealing. Yeah, and that was that was his explanation for the appeal. So it's, this is kind of exciting. So do you? We we really don't know what the standings are necessarily <laughs> yeah, just know, yet. We don't, do we? Thunder tonight. 
against the Clippers. No Paul George out for two to three weeks, looks like. They didn't really, elab- they didn't really elaborate what the injury is. But uh, I said they said two, they said two to three weeks, and will be reevaluated. Point is, that's bad for the Clippers. That's bad news. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's <clears throat> who would have ever thought? Speaking of throw me in a uh, padded room, you realize the the Thunder have a pick swap this year with the Clippers. That is right. Who would have ever thought that might happen? <laughs> So that what that means is, if the Thunder finish better than the Clippers, meaning the Clippers would have a higher pick in the draft than the Thunder, the Thunder get to swap it. No one in their right mind would have thought that could come into existence when when, yet. No, nah, when you're trading for Paul George and getting all that equity back. No, you're hoping crazy. that happen. You're you're hoping that would happen after George and Kawhi would go somewhere like would would, would want to go somewhere else after three or four years of trying it. Then you have like that sixth year pick swap. Right. Not the first time you get a chance at it. Wow. <clears throat> but that's kind of – win tonight. Hey, here's the deal. Win tonight, you're tied in the loss column with the Clippers and the Warriors. And that would be for fifth, potentially in the West. Can we start talking about what's the best matchup in the playoffs? I got news for you, Aaron. I've already been thinking about it. I've already looked at Okay. Okay, if what the would season you season ended today, this is what it would look like. What would you hope would happen? Well, at this rate, what are we looking at here? Are we looking at playoffs? Well, I mean, I think you can Help go out with that. I think you can go one through six and then or figure out where you want to be. Yeah. Um, I've I've thought I don't think I'd want to see like right now if it ended they'd be playing Dallas, right, in the play in. No. Wait, it is does it eight, nine, seven, and ten? Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure I want that. I like to get up to that seven six area, obviously. I think they match up well with Minnesota if there's some scenario there. Yeah. Guess who's back? Cat. Uh, uh Carl Anthony Town. Yeah. I, th- I think I saw that too. That's yeah. yeah. He came back last night, made two clutch free throws to beat Atlanta. Well, guess who's on Oklahoma State's team? SGA. Yeah, I know, but who's going to guard Cat? Yeah, that's true. Um, don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with Golden State. Uh-uh. Clippers don't look so scary anymore. Is LeBron just sitting back waiting for the season to end, and then you scrap- better not be. They may not be there. For me, it Who would. Do you think? Uh, for me, it would be Dallas. It would be Dallas. Absolutely, because what do the what can the Thunder not do? What I mean, they don't have anybody to guard the rim. Yeah, Dallas isn't necessarily big either. Exactly. Yeah. they don't have somebody that scares you to death like Cat. Uh, you know, Phoenix. They obviously can't guard Devin Booker, and then put Durant on that team. Ish. You don't want any part of that. No, Sacramento is. I think Sacramento would be one because of their style. I mean, yeah, they got Sabonis, and that's going to be a tough matchup for Oklahoma City, but at least it gives you the opportunity to outscore somebody. You know, their their weakness is the Thunder. You know, they're, they're both more offensive than defensive teams. I think everybody would agree with that. 
So maybe you could get into a shootout and be able to figure out a way to win those games. Maybe. You know, Memphis, now that Jaw's back, you know, how does that look? That that looks a little bit I mean, to me, the last thing you want to see is Phoenix. No, yeah, no. You don't want any part of Phoenix. And you probably don't want any part of Denver either, because how are you going to cover Jokic? No, you don't want Denver. And then, you know, Minnesota. I mean, if your choice is Minnesota or Denver, I think you take Minnesota all day long. If your choice was Sacramento or Minnesota, maybe you try your hand at Sacramento. Even though they've been a way better team, maybe you match up a little bit better with, with Sacramento than Minnesota because of Carl. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns dominated Oklahoma City when Steven Adams was in the paint. Right, I mean, right. he's he's always dominated dominated OKC, and I don't think you want any part of LeBron or Anthony Davis if it mattered, because who in the world can cover Anthony Davis or LeBron on the Thunder? Really, nobody. That that becomes a super tough matchup. Yes, but it's fun to be talking about it, right? Absolutely. Tonight you can hear it. Nine thirty, another late late tip <clears throat> for Thunder Clips. 8 o'clock is the pregame right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. College Hoops tonight, man, we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about. I-40 Baseball Festival going on starting right now. Big Elks and Sentinel. Is that the alert I got? It probably is. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back, goodbye! Win something one time and it could be a fluke. Do it twice and people know you're for real. Win it three times and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kalks the Skinny on Sports Report the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kalk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating.